0: It is the Nick D podcast. How are you? My name is Nick DeGelio. I am your host. Episode 95 of the Nick D podcast on the Radio Misfits podcast network. We are at RadioMisfits.com where you can listen to dozens and so many other really cool, varied, informative, entertaining, awesome podcasts. Check them all out at RadioMisfits.com. Hey, you want to be a sponsor on the Nick D podcast? We reach a lot of people. So you should advertise with us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Say, I want to advertise on the Nick D podcast, sales at radiomisfits.com. I want to thank Jason Skaggs for that wonderful uh, intro theme. And uh, please, uh, you know, uh, about our podcast, take the time to rate and review us on every platform. We are available on every single platform where you can find all your podcasts. Get us there. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Rate and review us on every platform and be a part of the Nick D podcast. Leave your voicemail messages. The voicemail messages are open 24-7. We want you to call in. We want you to leave your messages. 773-417-6948 for your voicemail message. Drop us an email anytime, 24-7. We love to read them all. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. So that's NickDPodcast at gmail.com. For emails, voicemail 773-417-6948. Leave your messages, leave your contributions, your suggestions, your thoughts. Your megaphone message requests, we've got more magic megaphone message requests. We won't do any on this one, because uh, we do that with Esmeralda, and Esmeralda's not on uh, today's um, episode, but leave your uh, leave your messages and all that kind of co- cool stuff with us as you check out the Nick D Podcast episode number 95. It is a For the People episode. That's right. It's the first Tuesday of December. It is the first Tuesday of the month, and that means... Herb Weissbaum, our consumer guy, is going to join us. Check out consumerman.com. If you have any consumer or money-related questions, you want to keep your money safe, you don't want to get tricked by scams, you want to know what's going on in the consumer world, you need Herb Weissbaum, and he's with us. Uh, to join us. And then uh, after that, we will talk with Tom Appel. He is our car guy. If you are in the, uh, you know, looking for a car, you want to lease one, to buy one, you got a car-related question, we take any of those questions that you have for cars, any car stories from Consumer Guide Automotive, our great car expert and our star spotter, Tom Appel is going to join us. And my dad is going to stop by and tell a joke. That's right. The first Tuesday of each week, uh, my dad tells Uh, Actually, there's (laughs) the first Tuesday. Every Tuesday (laughs) of each week, my dad stops by the podcast to tell a joke, and uh, sometimes he has to walk past this woman to do it. Hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi,
0: Carrie, I love you too. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and
1: I love Nick's show.
0: The star of Cocaine Bear, everybody. All right, so uh, my dad will come by tell a joke. We'll talk with Tom Appel uh, with all the car stuff. And right after I say congratulations, uh, right out of the gate for our For the People. It's for you! For our For the People episode, Herb Weissbaum was going to join us. He is the consumer man. And I say congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a off. Herb Weisbaum is the consumer man. man. Yes, he is your hero when it comes to consuming the consumer, the consumer man. man. Oh yes, herb is your man. That's right. He is the Consumer Man, and he joins us on uh, the first Tuesday episode of each month for For the People, and it's for you, and you are a consumer, so we want to help you out. ConsumerMan.com, he is the Consumer Man on Twitter, and he also writes for Checkbook.org and much more, and joins us once a month. It's Herb Weisbaum.
2: Hi, Herb. and Nick. I was hoping to say aloha because I was going to be joining you from Hawaii
0: yeah, what is what th- that nah. that didn't happen?
2: Yeah, my uh, my lovely and charming wife uh, came down with something after Thanksgiving. We assume it was either the flu or RSV. She did have her flu shot, so it wasn't horrible uh, thanks to the shot. But uh, there's there's no treatment for RSV, um, and I just figured the way she was coughing, if she was on the plane, they'd ask us to leave. Yeah, so we <laughs> decided in mid, to stay. in mid-flight. They'd say, in mid-flight, "Get out! Flight, get there's out. the exit door." Mrs. Weiss. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, get out. <laughs> Well, we decided to uh, stay home and enjoy the disgusting snow and uh, cold of Seattle right now. So, uh, uh,
0: well, I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you. You know, uh, to go and I and I hope that the, your, your wife feels better. Um, Thank you. She's already on the
2: mend and we'll we'll do it sometime shortly. So I will get to say hopefully aloha to you before the season is over.
0: There you go. All right. Well, it is, uh, you know, it's it is the first of the month or the first, I should say, Tuesday of the month uh, Mm -hmm. where we always talk to you. And this will be the last um, visit in 2022. Um, And and then uh, but but it's it's the December visit, which means a lot of people will be doing shopping and they'll be doing a lot of online stuff a lot of money will be exchanged between regular human beings and businesses over the course of the next like three weeks and uh this is one of the busiest times for you is it not herb
2: oh absolutely a lot of stories uh, to warn people about the tricks and the traps and uh, how to stretch their money the furthest
0: yeah now first of all tell everyone about uh, consumerman.com and and checkbook.org and all the places where they can see you and hear you and read you and all that
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, Checkbook.org is a nonprofit based in Washington, D.C. We publish in seven cities across the country. We we look at services. So while Consumer Reports looks at the the product, we looked at the services. We look at doctors and dentists and plumbers and electricians and roofers and siding people and painters that sort of thing and veterinarians, uh, the whole gamut. And uh, it's there's no money involved. We're a nonprofit. This is based on our secret shoppers and ratings from our members, our subscribers in these various cities. And before we're done, Nick, I'll give you a link so people can uh, check it out for free wherever they may be uh, living in the country and listening to your podcast. Uh, I've, I've been doing this for nigh on 45 or more years now, believe it or not. It's wow. been a long, long time. I, I've, done, I've done this so long, Nick, that when the Nigerian scam first started, you know, you've this product. it was a letter. I have the letters. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> really? I have letters from Nigeria with these beautiful stamps on them, and then it morphed into a uh, text, and then it became an email. So, yes, that's how long I've been doing this.
0: Wow, they actually sent letters. That's incredible.
2: I've been doing the publisher's sweepstakes clearinghouse scam so long that back when I first reported on it, uh, it was the Ed McMahon and Dick Clark who were the yeah. ones giving you the prize. So yeah. I've been doing yeah. it. And you know what I've learned in that time? It's almost always the same scams in new packaging. So it's always something that will uh, appeal to your greed, or unfortunately, people who are gullible, or make you want to do something without stopping and think. They have different twists and turns, and a few of them use uh, modern technology in ways that uh, weren't around before but look at the nigerian scam it's the same thing it's the same you know, thing. we found this pile of money and we want to help you uh help you get rich by getting it into america illegally so you're going to commit a little tiny crime but you're going to be really rich and be a co-conspirator and you would go yeah sure how do i help oh send us money <laughs> yeah <laughs> hello it's
0: amazing it's amazing you, you know what is as as long as there's been breath in people, there have been scams and scammers. I mean, that's what we're learning here. It goes back to the beginning of time.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely.
0: So anyway, and then
2: I have a website, consumerman.com, where I post all of my checkbook stories, plus a lot of other information as well. So uh, it 's just uh, we 're here to serve, and uh, we love being on your podcast it 's a highlight of my month and oh. by the way if you 're looking for shopping for me i 'm basically a large sweater um well, just send a gift card a gift card will be enough gift card will be fine
0: yeah now most people will- do, i mean that's that's the that 's the go to now right i think I, does anybody complain? Do you know anybody who complains about gift cards i don 't complain people are like well you didn 't put any thought into it i don 't care you gave me a gift card i 'm fine with it, and that 's a very convenient way and often uh you can but again. Are there scams with gift cards?
2: Well, first of all, the National Retail Federation indicates that that's the number one gift people want again this year are gift cards because they can get whatever they want with it. I feel, I still feel like you. I feel guilty when I send a gift card and I've had my nieces and nephews say to me, Uncle Herbie, just give me the gift card. Yeah. You know, you don't, you yeah. don't have to send a card anymore. You can, uh, you know, you can just do it digitally and then I can get whatever I want. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't do that for an upcoming wedding but for presents <laughs> at like and Christmas time, if that makes them happy, it's easier for me, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know uh, yes of course there are always scams involved with anything uh the biggest problems uh people have are that if you buy them at a supermarket or a drugstore or something like that, uh, sometimes the scammers have already gotten in and found a way to read the code off the back. And so, if you activate the card, they're able to suck the money out before the card is even sent to anybody. And unfortunately, in most cases, there is no recourse for something like that. Uh, that's one of those uh, buyer beware kind of situations. Yeah. Doesn't happen as much, you know, as as other things. But boy, if it happens to you, you're unfortunately stuck. Which is why, if you send the card directly from the retailer. If you go on the retailer's website, target.com or nordstrom.com or whatever it is, .com, and then send a send a gift card that way, you can send through them a physical card if you really want to, and some of them let you print different things on them, happy birthday, happy Christmas, merry, merry Christmas, happy yeah. Hanukkah, or whatever. Yeah. Or you can just send the electronically and you know for a lot of people they don't care about the card it's right there digitally they can even shop online and use it then you know that's you know you're doing it the safest way possible and that kind of scam can't happen to you
0: right no well there are scams and we want to keep an eye out for it and again as we mentioned you know this is one of the busiest season for scammers for businesses uh just in general because everybody spends a lot of money during the holidays and that seems to be on the rise a little bit. I mean, we, you know, you know, the the recession is still happening. It's still, you know, rough going out there for, for a lot of people, but it seems to be improving in terms of how much people are going to be spending this year. Um, I think people are probably going to be spending more this year than they did last year, which I think they spent more last year than they did the year before and so on and so forth because of, you know, recession and COVID and all that stuff. Are we seeing an, an uptick in spending?
2: The predictions are that the people will spend a little bit more than last year, well within the, t- the 10-year average according to the National Retail Federation. But, yes, they will spend a little bit more. Some of that may have to do with the inflation and the higher prices to begin with. But from all the reports of what's happened so far with Black Friday and Cyber Monday, et cetera, uh, the indications are that people are willing still to spend uh the problem is and we can talk about that later in this in this broadcast is the way people may be spending it uh buying those things you know there's a a greater level of people putting it on credit cards and if you don't pay the bill off, credit card rates are the highest they've been in decades uh you know that like nineteen percent right now for for cards and some people if you if you haven't uh gotten a good rate uh, because you hadn't missed a payment or something. You're at the default rate, the highest rate. You can pay close to 30%, especially in some store cards. That's ridiculous. Uh, And also people are using buy now, pay later, which we can talk about as well, which is a system where you think you're beating the system because they say no interest and no fees in most cases but if you pay late there are fees and people are stacking these up on themselves getting three or four or five or six going at the same time and really getting into trouble so the key is you know don't overspend no matter how you're paying for it start with a budget get a list maybe need to prune it a little bit maybe this year you do a little bit more uh personal experiences because a lot of people have enough crap in their lives and they don't want it anymore you know invite somebody over for a holiday dinner or take them out to the movies or go to a theater together. People love that kind of thing because it's personal. And again, you know, like me, even though I know you really want to buy me a sweater, Nick, I have enough sweaters to last me three lifetimes. I don't really need a lot more and I appreciate the gift, but that's where some people are, especially if you're a little older and doing okay in your life that you don't really need another something and experiences and especially experience with somebody you love or care about would be really lovely
0: okay well you know you mentioned it let's let's actually jump into that before we get into some of the uh shopping tips and some of the stories about retailers you mentioned buy now pay later um you know let's let's jump into that since you mentioned it and it's something that uh, some people might need an explanation on what is that and it sounds like a great idea uh i mean it it used to be called when i was when i was growing up it was called layaway isn't that isn't that kind of what it is
2: Yes, it's a digital form of layaway, except what they've done is flip layaway on its side. So in layaway, you couldn't get the item until you paid for it. With buy now, pay later, you get the item right away, and then you make the payments. So that's where it's sort of a little backwards, and that's why people can get into trouble, because you can buy a lot of stuff on buy now, pay later. and You don't have the item yet, and you're still paying it off. Uh, It's basically a program. was started by fintech financial technology companies that are working with banks that designed a system that falls under the radar when it comes to regulations for most loans they it was designed in a way that it doesn't come under most of those regulations so it's virtually not totally but it's a rather unregulated form of of, uh, lending uh, that it's not like when you get a loan from a bank or a credit card or something like that in most cases You split the purchase up into four equal payments paid over a six-week period. So one payment now and then one payment every two weeks until you pay off the deal. And it's increasingly popular, used by people to stretch their budgets. When it first started out, you and I talked about this about a year and a half ago when I first did the story on it, where it was just starting to take off because of the pandemic. Uh, People would use this who had the money to buy something, but it made more sense to buy that really expensive, uh, big screen TV over a little bit of time with no interest and no fees rather than suck all the money out of your checking account to pay for the, the credit card bill when it came. So it's just sort of like a convenience. It was a cash flow benefit. Mm. But what happened was that retailers found out that this was a great way to get people to complete transactions when they were online. You don't just put it in your shopping cart, but you see this offer. Hey, you don't have to pay more than $50 now and you know $50 three more times and you can have this item today. And so it's encouraged people to one complete the transactions, which by the way, Nick, is why retailers pay buy now pay later companies more in commission than they do credit card companies. They always complain about how much they have to pay credit card companies. In most cases, we're told they pay the buy now pay later people more. Gives you an indication of how effective this is at completing the sale. Also, because it seems like you're spending less, I mean, let's be honest, if you were to take out $100 out of your checking account today to pay for something versus $50 now. You see $50 pop up and 50, uh, I'm sorry, let's $200 now, let's say. $200 now, then $50, $50, $50, $50. Yeah. To you, psychologically, it seems less, which is why they say pay with cash because it seems like you're making a purchase. Well, Nick just saved all that money. He saved uh, the $150. I could put some more things in my cart because look at all the money I saved. You didn't save it. You just deferred it. And that's where people are getting into uh, problems. Some of the surveys have shown most people who use buy now, pay later are are doing four and five and six at the same time. Ooh. You lose you lose track of them. As somebody who had you know credit card problems before, you know how easy it is. And what happens, Nick, is unlike a credit card, I mean, at least you got a statement every month and told that told you how much you owed and when it was due. With these buy now, pay later problem uh, uh, offers, from what all the complainants have told me, and there are more than 8,000 complaints against the five biggest companies to the Better Business Bureau in three years. 8,000 complaints. They say they don't get a notice. They don't know when it's due. Uh, the uh, they So they have to remember on their own when they have to make the payment. you got five or six of these gone. You could have payments coming out all throughout the month. You may not have gotten paid yet. The money may not be in your checking account. If that's the case, you're going to get a late fee. Penalty fees average seven to eight dollars on these things, and if they try enough time, oh, and then if it, if it overdraws your account, you could have an overdraft fee from your bank. So basically, uh, you know, a two dollar loaf of bread could wind up costing you ten bucks if you add up all the fees and, and that kind of thing going on. And then if you really don't pay for some reason, they could send you to collection. And if you go to a collection, that's going to screw up your credit score. You don't hmm. get benefit, you don't get the benefit of making a buy now pay later on time because most of these companies still don't report to the credit bureaus. The credit bureaus have talked about this for a long time, but it really isn't happening yet. So they don't report to the credit bureau. You don't get credit for this to improve your credit, but if you default and don't pay and they send you to collection, you're going to get dinged for that. So there's a lot of, you know, if you use it wisely, as we say in the checkbook story, if you use it wisely, you could pay the bill off when it comes, just like using a credit card. You're just using it to help your cash flow to make things better. Um, then it makes sense. But if you're using it because you really don't have the funds and you're just trying to stretch a budget that can't make ends meet, You either need to cut back or you need to talk to a certified nonprofit credit counselor and find out how you can work with your budget. They're now seeing, Nick, by the way, in this story from Checkbook, we talk to people who are now going to uh, credit counselors because they've gotten themselves in problems with buy now, pay later, just either a lot of them at once or compounds their their budgeting process. Uh, NFCC.org, that's the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. You can find a counselor, a nonprofit counselor, who is near you or can talk to you on the phone. It's non-judgmental. They don't charge you for the first thing where they look at your budget, what's going on. If they wind up setting up a payment plan, it's whatever you can afford, usually $15 or $20. But in many cases, they can just steer you on the right path. NFCC.org. National Foundation for Credit Counseling is the place you want to go if you find yourself in trouble.
0: Now, I'm looking at the numbers here, and it says, according to the piece here, 78 million Americans have used the Buy Now, Pay Later services in the past 12 months, and it seems to be marketed heavily to to younger consumers. Is that is that the case?
2: Yeah, it's marketed to young people who maybe don't have a, a lot of credit at this point in time, or are used to doing things digitally, and feel like everything that's being done uh, safe is uh, being done online is safe. It's also being marketed to people with little credit or subprime credit, so that there's a potentially a problem there right away. These companies say, Nick, they do a soft credit check. Before they allow you to uh, take out the the loan, I mean it's done almost instantaneously. And and remember, it is a loan. You're not paying the full price for the thing. Somebody's you know spotting you the money until you pay this thing off. Right, they say right. they have algorithms in place that can deal with uh, knowing you know if you can afford to pay back or whatever. But all I can tell you is that because they don't talk to the credit bureaus, that they don't know what other loans you may have with other lenders or with other buy now pay later companies. So they don't really have a full picture despite what they say as far as we can tell whether you really can afford to take out this loan or not they're just basing it on whatever their algorithms tell you so that that's the problem is they're they're going to some people now who shouldn't be using this in the first place they should be going on a cash basis uh, and then they wind up uh, getting themselves in trouble the yeah. default rate on these loans, or the late payment rate on these loans is, is getting to be higher than it was a year ago. And it's while credit card default rates, delinquency rates are staying about the same, it's getting higher for buy now, pay later. It's not huge, but it's always, it's always uh, discouraging when it goes up. And the other thing I point out in the article, and this has nothing to do with holiday shopping per se, but a growing number of people are now using buy now, pay later to buy groceries, and the credit counselors and the personal finance people I spoke to are really alarmed by that when you've got to buy a perishable item such as groceries on buy now pay later you're buying your groceries this week and they're going to be gone next week and you got to buy them next week and maybe take out another buy now pay later loan you know what they call the cycle of debt or a debt trap that's a debt trap looking you right in the face um because that bread that you you know you put on uh, on the buy now pay later is going to be gone, you have to buy another loaf of bread. And as I said, literally we did the numbers: a two dollar loaf of bread could wind up costing you ten bucks if you wind up paying late. Um, the last thing I learned from talking to victims is, and this is what's really a scary thing: if you have this linked to your checking account, as a lot of people do, because that's where the money's coming out. This one guy I spoke to, a Seattle uh, guy, he bought a pair of uh, boots for work, very expensive work boots, and he put it on buy now pay later. And he lost track of what the payment was due because he didn't get a notice of what was going on. They just went in and sucked out the remaining one hundred and fifty dollars or whatever it was right out of his bank account all at once with no notice. Then he was really in problem with all all his other bills he had to pay. that's something you will never see a credit card company do. Despite all the problems with credit card companies, they just don't go into your bank account and suck money out, and especially suck money out without giving you notice. That's the kind of thing that buy now, pay later people with these complaints I'm reading. They're having that happen all the time, not notice that a withdrawal is being made, and then if for some reason they withdraw the entire amount. Oh, and by the way, if there's a problem after the sale, you know, as we've talked about before, Credit card companies have fraud protection, and buyer protection, a lot of things associated with that. Credit cards aren't bad. Credit card debt, if you don't pay it off, is bad. If you use them wisely, and get bonuses, rewards, that's fine. Uh, buy now, pay later companies don't offer any kind of fraud protection whatsoever. And if you have a problem, as the complaints indicate, with a purchase, uh, the buy now, pay later company will probably say, read our terms and conditions. It says you have to deal with the retailer. And the retailer may say, you need to have to deal with the buy now, pay later company because you bought it through them. And just to make things a little more hairy, uh, if the thing is in dispute or it's you know you haven't gotten your money back, the, re- the return hasn't worked out yet, you still have to pay the buy now, pay later company until it's all settled. You may have to make another payment or two until you finally wind up getting your money back. Again, that doesn't happen with a credit card.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, th- this article, by the way, you can check out in uh, uh, Checkbook.org for all the details uh, on on that uh, kind of strange situation. Uh, pay later. Uh, buy now, pay later. Um, before we get into, you know, uh, the big article about uh, holiday shopping tips, which everybody wants to hear because you know you want to save money, you want to be safe, you want to make sure that everything is okay. I just want a little personal uh, story, really quickly. That sure. I, I, people need to pay attention when they're ordering something online. Uh-huh. Um, because, uh huh. Because I happen to be a big, I happen to be a big pro wrestling fan. I don't know if you know that about me or, but
2: I am. Really? Oh, say, okay. And
0: uh, and I watch I the, the
2: San Martino and the Bruno Baron- San Martino, Aaron, Martino, sure. Aaron McGill Sacluna and the I, tag uh, team uh, Oh my, I used to watch all that stuff. Yeah, no. I, when I was young, I, I believe it was real, but uh okay. I've been watching wrestling
0: uh I've been what I've been alive for 57 years, so for about 55 of those years I've been watching wrestling. <laughs> um and uh I recently one of my favorite uh, female wrestlers is um is a woman named Shayna Baszler and she's with the WWE and she debuted a brand new, really cool t-shirt and they all have t-shirts and hats and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and I saw her t-shirt and I was like, well, I have to get that cause it's really cool. And I love Shayna Baszler. So I went to WWE, you know, did the whole thing, ordered it. And I looked at the total without, you know, like, you know, like I knew what, the, how much the t-shirt was and blah, blah, blah. I gave him yeah. my size and, You know, the credit card number and all that stuff, which is saved on my phone. You know, you have that in your Google thing where you can save it all on your phone. So I put that all in and then I checked the price and I was like, what the hell? Um, So if you do not, if you just automatically go right to checkout, blah, 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 um, they will, at least WWE does this, they will add the most expensive delivery option automatically. So instead of like, you know, the week to 10 day option, which is like two or three bucks, they automatically dropped me into the two day overnight $15 option. Mm -hmm. So what people need to do is make sure you look at your total. Yep. And go, wait a minute, I don't need a Shayna Baszler t-shirt in a day and a half, I can wait a week and not pay 15 bucks. But if I did not double check, I could have hit boom and and checked out and I would have been paid, you know, I would have got the t-shirt two days later or a day and a half later, but I would have paid $15 for delivery as opposed to three bucks, which I paid after I looked at it. So people need to look when they check out.
2: That is something called dark patterns. And it is something that the Federal Trade Commission is seriously taking a look at. Uh, It's when a lot of these things online, like it's real easy to subscribe, but you can't find a way to cancel that sort of thing. And I just recorded a podcast, my podcast, Consumerpedia.org. And we did it with uh, the head of the Consumer Protection Bureau at the Federal Trade Commission. That will drop in January, and you and I will talk more about that. But these are things that may seem like a mistake but are deliberately done to mislead people online. Sometimes there will be a check mark; you have to check that it automatically signs you up for some sort of subscription service. Yeah. Uh, that you need to check all the potential checks that are there and check the total before you hit submit because there can be a lot. Long- a lot of things going on, and that's a very smart advice for people to check on that thing.
0: Right. I was like, wait a minute. I mean, and the and the, the actual delivery fee was uh, almost a, a little bit more than half the the price of the T shirt. Right. Like it literally was. <laughs> I was like, what? I could get another T shirt for the for the amount of uh, stuff that you're charged. So make sure you check, you know, what the delivery options are, and make sure they don't automatically give you the most expensive delivery option because that's not cool. All right, Herb. Let's do this. Let's talk about the uh, holiday shopping tips from uh, con, uh, from uh, from uh, from Checkbook. dot org. What are the holiday shopping tips?
2: Sure. Uh, well, first of all, comparison shop. Just look for a sign that says sixty percent off or seventy percent off, and assume you're getting a great deal. You've got to see what price is, and you've got to see what other retailers are selling the item for. And a lot of technology can help you find that answer. So- Savvy or Yahoo Shopping, that sort of thing. Amazon's price checking tool is integrated into its mobile app. Uh, Camel, Camel, Camel tracks price history, so it can give you a good idea. If it checks it But they sell so many things that can give you a good idea of where prices are. So just check and see what's going on. You can even do that while you're in the store. And a lot of stores do matching policies. So if you can look up on your phone that this portable space heater uh, cost less uh, down the street to 25 bucks less. they may very well match it because they want to keep your sit. And again speaking of sales, uh, we found that a lot of sales price made up. the retailer never sold the price at that supposed retail price or previous price by itself by the sale signs. You want to know what the bottom line price is, how that price compares to what other retailers are selling it for. If you're shopping online, look for promo codes. you are not be buying things if you don't have some sort of promo code. They're out there at all kinds of the deal in promo codes, really big deal. And if you if you want to, you put a an app uh, a, a, an extension on your browser, uh, such as Racketed. they pay you cash back for the purchases you make at certain retailers. Any coupon or promo code mm-hmm. or anything else. You use with that retailer. I just made a purchase the other day and I wound up getting $17. Browser kicked off and said, do you want cash back? And it was yes. So stacking is a key to saving money with anything, whether you're at the grocery store or whatever. You can do a coupon and a promo code and something that's on sale and maybe get cash back. Uh, that's uh, that's a really amazing way to save a, a lot of money this holiday season. Your credit card uh, may have something. Capital One also has a, a browser extension that you can put on that says, oh, you can get some money off of this one. So keep that in mind uh, to do that. Uh, if you're on social media, there's a lot of stuff that's advertised uh, on social media, especially to followers from various websites. It can indicate there's special sales for people. Just be careful. As you know, we've talked about before, there are a lot of scams on social media. So if it sounds ridiculous or if it's a sale available, you can go to the retailer's website knowing that you got the ad on the, online and then you can go there and check it out yourself. But just be very careful about that. Don't be afraid to ask for discounts special discounts can i get uh, a discount because i'm a veteran can i get a discount because i'm an aarp member because i'm a AAA member because of whatever in a lot of cases uh, a, they, there's uh, certain times a year where they'll give discounts or, or to teachers students if you're buying uh, a software for school college you may get a discount from apple that sort of thing so ask uh, about those special kind of discounts uh let me see what else we think everything coming through the uh The uh, sales all come through uh, the email. Plenty of things I've gotten, catalogs from past purchases I've made that have special codes, special discounts that come through the mail. You may not want the whole catalog, but you may want to save the discount on the back, the special code. You can save money that way. Make sure you use uh, the right credit card. Certain credit cards give back different discounts or be- better back, uh, cash back on uh, certain kind of purchases. So make sure you use that. We mentioned before, be careful about getting an offer for a store credit card. Store credit cards can be very valuable. Uh, I have one or two. When we got them, we got a great uh, savings on the merchandise that we knew we could pay off when the bill came. And uh, then sometimes there are special sales for people who are Macy card members or Saks card members or Bloomingdale card members or whatever. You get special sales or advanced sales. Uh, but, again, you got to pay the bill off in full because retail credit cards are the highest interest rate on the market. Uh, any Some of them are 25 to, uh, in some cases, almost 30 percent. So you've really, really got – you could wind up actually – paying more than the 20% discount or the 10% discount you got on the spot if you wind up paying that interest. Um, And then as we talked about before, uh, experiences can save you a lot of money and can be very, very valuable. And go local. You know, we all think, a lot of people think that the big retailers always have the best price. May not be the case. Some little store in your area may have a better price on something because a they got a special deal on it, or b they have to get rid of it for whatever reason, and uh, they have some kind of special sale. Check you, you, you can never uh, you can never go wrong just by checking. You may they may have a better price, or give you better service, or throw something extra in uh, when you're buying it. If you're buying online, be really careful. I would never use anything but a credit card when I shop online in case there's a problem after the sale. You wind up that somehow the transaction was fraudulent. You can go back to your credit card company and deal with them. Just some of the many, many tips we have on checkbook.org to get through the holiday season.
0: I like that you mentioned that you should go local and go to smaller uh, to smaller businesses yes. because, especially now, you know, we the, the small businesses have taken such a hit because of COVID and so many businesses were shut down. Not just restaurants and bars, but a lot of businesses were shut down, and 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 some people are struggling, and some small businesses are struggling. It's important, and I'm glad that you you you. You mentioned that and put that in the article as well. Is like, you know what? Go local, go small. That's a nice thing we to do. We bought
2: all of our home appliances from a local retailer here in the Bellevue, Washington area outside of Seattle. And not only did they give us every bit as good a price, and I think in one or two cases, lower price than the big box stores, but they were really good with the installation. I knew if there was a problem after the sale, they would come back and help us. They're just down the street. They have their own repair crew as opposed to you. You go through one of these big box stores. Oh, yeah, we have a Joe Bob's repair service, and he'll get to you in three weeks, and something like that. You know, it was really nice to deal with these local people and help them out. They pay taxes in my community. Uh, you know, it's it, it so it is a really nice thing to do, especially at the holiday season.
0: It is. All right. And all of those tips and that whole article you can also check out at checkbook.org. Um and I do want to mention another thing that you that you brought up here is that uh you know inevitably uh you know after the holidays a lot of people return gifts that's just what happens they 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 call it boxing day in some places <laughs> because you box it back up and you send it back but now a lot of on- online retailers are charging a return fee they're giving you a fee you know there's a there's a fee for returning um, and you you guys wrote about that as yeah, well. Yeah, just
2: discovered that that some of the online companies are charging 7 or $8 is the average fee. It runs from basically $4 to $8 to send something back if it was ordered online and mailed back or shipped back. What happened is, in a nutshell, they created this monster where people do what's called bracketing. You buy a sweater that you think you like, and you buy it in nine colors because you're not sure which color is going to look the best, and it's online. And then you keep wanting to send all of them back. This is costing online retailers a fortune. It's bad for the environment. It's costing them a lot of money. In some cases they always have to process it. Some cases they can't sell it again as new. Some cases they have to destroy it or give it to a, a charity, a thrift store, or something like that. So they're trying to tame in the tame down this monster that they created uh, by just allowing you to get it for free or get it for a low price and then ship it back for free. The, the tip is that if you buy it and online and there's a local. A retail store of that store you can take it back uh, and and it's still free so if you bought it from you know target.com or walmart.com or whatever those aren't the ones that are charging but i'll give you like jcpenny.com jcrew.com uh abercrombie and fitch.com anthropology.com uh, you can take it back to the store and you won't have to pay a fee for that we even learned that jcrew uh the the king of taking things back uh is now charging seven dollars yeah. and fifty cents Uh, If you uh, if you need to take something back in most cases, so be careful. And if you have a um, uh, if a retailer works with a company called Happy Returns, which is a subsidiary of PayPal, uh, and uh, they can give you this uh, shipping label. And and, uh, if the item is dropped off uh, there, you won't pay the shipping fee. So see if they work with that. The key is maybe don't order so much because it's not good for the retailer that you like. And it's really not good for uh, the environment. And you may wind up paying a fee uh, unless you can take it back to the store. Well
0: that's you know what you can't really blame the retailers for that. I mean that 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 situation that you described about somebody ordering like seven or eight sweaters that's ridiculous actually. So you can't really you know the retailers are losing money so you can't really blame them for trying to recoup that or trying to cover their butts by something that people were kind of taking advantage of. They you
2: know? were they were um you know Amazon created this monster and they had to fall in line if they wanted to compete online and it also was during the you know the pandemic. They a lot of them uh, added free shipping because they knew people couldn't go to the stores. But some people were just hesitant to go shop online, especially for clothing. So they had to do this. You know, when people take advantage of the situation, that's when retailers start to pull back. And, you know, we now know about serial returners and problems with that kind of thing. They just have to set programs in place uh, to protect everybody else from the people who just take advantage of the situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well keep your keep your eyes on that uh, on the return fees and uh, and by the way, all of this uh, all the stuff that we're talking about the holiday tips, uh, the return fees, the buy now pay later um, uh, debt trap, all of those articles are available at checkbook.org. And also you were mentioning that uh, that you're offering something uh, pretty cool for for uh, my subscribers sure. here and listeners of the we podcast. We
2: always have a lovely parting gift, and we'll call this a holiday gift for the Nick D subscribers. If you go to checkbook.org slash Nick Podcast, if you live in Chicago, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Seattle, San Francisco, Boston, Philadelphia, or Washington, D.C., you can get a 30-day free trial subscription to our website, checkbook.org, and you can check out various services in your area, see what you do. Before you do something, go to the dentist or the vet, vet or hire a plumber or hire an electrician or a yard the service. You can see how they stack up with true ratings, and uh, we'd love for you to join if you're in those areas, but you don't have to. There's no obligation. Just go to checkbook.org slash Nick D Podcast for those listening outside those regions. Everything on our website is free uh, for the advice. Uh, you need the uh, special link in order to get uh, ratings for those areas, but uh, that's our little holiday present to everybody listening to the Nick D Podcast. My favorite podcast that I do every month.
0: Seriously. Uh, we're uh, well, thank you, Herb. I really appreciate it. It's always great. I always learn something. You always help people out. Before we let you go really quickly, uh, just a quick follow up on the supermarket digital discrimination story that we talked about. This was something that we covered. We've talked about a couple of times. There is a quick development on that story of sure. people. You know, it's a good the story.
2: story in a nutshell is a lot of supermarkets are now offering special discounts that are digital only unless you load them into your account via uh, going online or the app you can't get them at this, you can't get them without just by just having the membership to the supermarket the card you have and a lot of people are confused by that thinking they got the discount but b seniors and lower income folks who don't have smartphones or don't have internet access and a lot of people don't or are not tech savvy can't take advantage of these uh, bargains so a group of consumer groups a whole coalition of uh, major national consumer groups thanks to our friend Edgar Dworski at consumerworld.org who first broke the story wrote the heads of the 12 largest supermarket chains in America and asked them to, quote, stop discriminating against senior citizens and low-income shoppers who can't take advantage of these in-store digital-only coupons. If you want to read more about this, this is on my website, consumerman.com, but the push is on to... Everybody should be able to save at the supermarket, especially the people who need it the most. You know, it shouldn't have to be a computer whiz or tech savvy or, or have special equipment in order to save at the supermarket. The specials, we think, should be good for everybody. They need a workaround, and that's what these consumer groups suggested. Have a thing of flyer right there. I don't have a smartphone. I'm not digitally savvy. Oh, you can get the disc- discount anyway. Thank you very much. It's not that hard, and yeah. some supermarkets are doing it. So we think that's the right okay. thing to do.
0: Agreed. And, you know, and and as someone who's, you know, whose parents are are getting up there in age, um, they're not the most tech savvy people. And a lot of the people who who aren't tech savvy and and many elderly people, um, you know, this isn't it's not fair to them. So I think it's I think it's good that they have that. follow.
2: Say uh, Merry Christmas to your mom and dad and tell them the consumer man says be extra nice to you this year.
0: (laughs) I I will make sure to say that because that's that's uh, something I I say to them every day. So that's that's it. All right, Herb, have great holidays uh, and uh, and, uh, and a happy new year to you. And uh, we'll talk uh, again in we'll January. We'll
2: talk to you next year. Thank you, Nick.
0: All right, take care. Herb Weisbaum is the consumer man. Check out consumerman.com. Check out checkbook.org. Links and everything all with us. And he joins us every month as part of uh, the the fantastic For the People episode. And speaking of For the People, we talked about consumers. Now let's talk about cars. It's time to say hello to Tom Appel. Tom Apale. We're well, gonna talk about Costa. Tom Apale. Ooh, Automotive with Tom, Tom. And his last name, The Oh. It's the Tsar of Car, the Sultan of Cylinder. Tom. The Pale. That's right. Tom Apale. Tsar <laughs> of Car, the Sultan of Cylinder joins us uh, the first Tuesday of each month on our For the People, because it's for you. Um, and he is from Consumer Guide Automotive, and he is our car guy, Tom Appel. Tom, how are you, sir?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good. Hey, you got to meet the person who composed, produced, and performed that theme.
1: I did. I did, yes. And I, I love my theme so much, so that was an honor.
0: Now, didn't know? What we were talking about here is Tom was kind enough. He and his lovely wife were kind enough to come out to Zanies and Rosemont in November for our first ever live uh, podcast. Uh, great time, a great and time. I thank you so much, and we're going to do it again in January. If you want to come back out again, Zanies and Rosemont, yep. Tuesday, January seventeenth at seven thirty. Go to Rosemont.Zanies.com. Get your tickets. Love to see you come out, Tom, uh, if you want to bring the, you know, I think your daughter will be in town maybe at that time. She will, yeah, up. she'll and, be
1: home from school.
0: Great to see her. I, hadn't seen, I haven't seen her in years, so it'll be fun. Uh, but you uh, came out, you got to, you know, because Jason Skaggs was there, he performed all the themes and stuff live on stage, and, he, and, uh, and you got to meet him and, and uh, talk to him a little bit about your theme and how much you enjoy it.
1: Yep, that was cool.
0: Yeah, and now didn't you get recognized? Tell me a little bit about the story. What, <laughs> what happened? You said it was one of the highlights of your life, or something. One of the
1: highlights, uh, certainly, of my career. Yeah, I, I sat down, and this was before my wife got there, so she doesn't believe this story. But I sat down. <laughs> of course. She and and right. there's a guy next to me, and, and we just look at each other, and I finally go, "How's it going?" And he goes, "Wait, I know your voice." And then he said the greatest thing I've ever heard anyone say: "You're Car Guy Tom." <laughs> I'm like yeah. That's the first time I've ever been recognized hub, by, hub my hub by my on voice. How my that. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have very attentive subscribers and listeners. Uh, yeah. Paren- awesome. apparently. Yeah, and they were <laughs> no they were, it was they came out it was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again and the response was so strong that people were like, "Yeah, we'll come back. It was a lot of fun and we want to keep it light and have fun." And if he, if you missed it, it's it's uh it's available. We made a, you know, an episode out of it. It's it's I think it's like 5 6 episodes ago. Uh, but it's out there, and uh, so you can hear, uh, you know, Tony Fitzpatrick and all the surprises and all the fun stuff we had. Did you get to eat anything, Tom? Did you try, did you try any of the taste test stuff?
1: Uh, I did. I had,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I had the weird chocolate mint uh, Twinkie.
0: You had the Twinkie. That was the yes. favorite. That was the favorite amongst most of the stuff that we taste tested. Most people like the the uh, chocolate mint Christmas Twinkie.
1: I I thought it tasted like chocolate covered toothpaste i was i'm not on board
0: not on board, not, not on board, board with the twinkie, okay, great. no, all right, did your wife try anything? did she try the no, she did not okay <laughs> yeah, all right well, that was it. it was i was i'll tell you what even if you didn't like the chocolate mint Christmas twinkie, it was much better than the macaroni and cheese flavored candy cane. I can tell you that from personal
1: that went uh, by and i and I opted to pass
0: yeah, yeah, good opt <laughs> good opt, my friend. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for coming out. And again, we're going to try to we're going to do it monthly, and we're yeah. we're start we're starting it up in the new year, January seventeenth, at Zaneys and Rosemont. We had a great time. I'm glad you did too, Tom. So thanks. Yeah, for it was out. a great
1: time. It was a lot of fun. It. Appreciate
0: it. Consumer Guide Automotive. Tell everyone about the wonderful Consumer Guide Automotive once again.
1: Yeah. Check us out at ConsumerGuide.com tomorrow. Actually, the day that this this podcast goes live, we announce our 2023 Best Buy picks. So that's happening that's Ooh. a big deal. But Ooh. if you just want to have fun check just skip to our blog. Go to consumerguide.com, click on the blog. Uh, stuff we're talking about today will be there, but that's where we have fun.
0: Is there any hint that you can give us? I mean, I don't want to blow your own, you know, lead. You know, you guys want people to check it out. Is there is there any sort of like can you be as subtle as Tony Fitzpatrick was when he was uh, <laughs> when he was told that he should keep his appearance at my podcast a uh, secret?
1: Well, here's a good tease. Genesis, which is Hyundai's new luxury brand. And by new, I mean it's about 10 years old. Yeah. But That's that's new in the auto industry. Yeah, yeah. Very well very well recognized this year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, there you
0: go. There's a little tease for you, but you can always check yeah. out Consumer Guide Automotive uh, and check that out. Uh, uh, today, actually, is when it's going to be announced. Yep. So uh, yep. keep your, uh, your ears and your eyes and your head peeled for that. All kinds of stuff. Uh, consumer Guide Automotive, uh, one of the great things that you guys do is you review cars. You talk about uh, the new cars and the old cars, and you drive cars. I always love to ask you, Tom, what have you driving now? What have you been driving? Give me, give me the rundown, as it were.
1: You know what I just drove and I was a little bit disappointed Was was the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trailhawk 4XE. And it's the 4XE part of this that matters. Uh, the Grand Cherokee's been around for a long time. That's Jeep's very popular mid-size crossover. And the 4XE part means it's a plug-in hybrid. And and the plug-in hybrid version of this vehicle, very popular, uh, and it's popular in 4XE trim as well. Disappointing when you get to the gas because, unfortunately, it doesn't... Hybridize or use an electric ver- uh, for for gasoline operation. It uses a four cylinder engine that isn't otherwise found in the vehicle, and this engine is really crude and loud. And and once you get past the plug in hybrid portion, which is about twenty five or thirty miles of electric driving, it's not a pleasant vehicle, and it's very disappointing. Well, which is unfortunate because it's a nice vehicle.
0: It's, otherwise, it's a nice vehicle. Like the yeah, the yeah. design and everything. And, and well, I mean, why is that? That just seems weird to me. And I'm not even a car guy. And that just seems like an odd choice to make, especially with an engine, you know, a switch over to an engine like that. What is there a reason why they did it that way? Yeah, because it,
1: For people who don't know, a plug-in hybrid is basically a hybrid vehicle, but you can plug it in and get some extended electric-only range. And, And often in the case of hybrid vehicles, you can get away with a smaller engine because the electric motor supplements that power, even if you're not on full electric mode. So the system works pretty well for saving gas. It's very efficient. But often that smaller engine is out of character for the car it's in. And in this particular case, it's really out of character. It's 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 loud. It's coarse. It's unpleasant. And it doesn't feel like sort of a sized Jeep should, especially a vehicle with premium pricing.
0: Sure. And what does it feel like to drive with that switch? I mean, you, you mentioned you mentioned the loudness and everything. And but I mean, is it just unpleasant to actually physically drive when that happens?
1: Yeah, and you you mentioned the switch, and that's key to this because when you're in electric only mode, this is a slick vehicle. It's quick, it's silent. The electric power comes on immediately, and the minute your battery goes dry, you know you you get down to to the battery's capacity, and the electric or the gasoline engine kicks in. It's a really unpleasant moment yeah. because all of a sudden the engine kicks in, and it sounds like a lawnmower is starting. Oh no! It, it it is surprisingly crude.
0: Wow. Oh, that's too bad. Wow. Yeah. That's too bad. And and they're charging how much they how much are you gonna drop for this thing?
1: Uh, the thing we had, I want to make sure I'm talking about the one we had. We had the Trailhawk, which is actually the most affordable version of this. Sixty seven grand. Jesus. Yeah, a lot of money. Oh, man. A lot of All money.
0: Right. All right, a lot of money for a lawnmower. All right, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you said it.
1: I uh, did. I did say that. <laughs>
0: Uh, anything else people have been driving around uh, that you know uh, that that, that maybe some positive reviews of things that have been driven recently? We haven't talked in a month. What else?
1: Uh, I am currently driving the Kia Telluride, which is Kia's midsize crossover, and this is one of those vehicles that, that kind of shook things up because Kia obviously started as a very you know as a as a suspect brand building cheap vehicles a few years ago. Yeah, the,
0: and the, and you never trust a you never trust a brand that had hamsters driving it. That's always a, right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> when i think about the hamsters i think about the, the the fuel economy scandal and i don't know how many people remember that but well, no, wildly, wait, remind
0: us remind us uh, about that. yeah yeah kia
1: was wildly kia and hyundai they're related brands they're both owned by hyundai um were wildly overreported fuel economy for their vehicles and what had happened was they right? attend, yeah they attended to the epa bad information and people don't know this but the epa doesn't actually test vehicles they go over the testing numbers that are provided to them by manufacturers so oh. so you you can sneak something past them but you're going to pay for it later and in this case uh, they were wildly overstating fuel economy and stuff and this was right around the time the hamsters <laughs> uh, were doing the driving on TV
0: It's funny because when I think of the Kia hamster's now I think of this sketch that uh, was on SNL last season when Timothy Chalamet hosted And uh, he and Pete Davidson played a pair of very unhip white young rappers, uh, (laughs) who said that they were that they were influenced. Yo yo yo, we were influenced by the Car Rats, and they meant the Kia Hamsters by the commercial. (laughs) So that's what that's what I think of now. The Car Rats. The Car Rats. Yo yo yo, we were (laughs) we influenced by the Car Rats. So uh, it's like, what are you talking about? The Kia Hamsters? And yeah, that's what they were. Pete Davidson and and my, and my main man Timothy Chalamet, Muadib. Uh, so that's what I think of now when I think of the Kia Hamsters. I think of that sketch on SNL. So, but hey, all right. So we're back to the Kia. What was it called? The uh, Oh, the Telluride. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Very popular, hard to get a hold of, and it's still hard to get a hold of now, even though things have loosened up a little bit. But uh, the Telluride looks and, and appears like a premium vehicle. It, it, they do a fantastic job with that. So I'm in that right now.
0: Okay, and it's it's a good, it's nice? It's a good drive?
1: Really nice. Now, the funny thing about that is is, is when a manufacturer like Kia has a product that's hot like this yeah. and people perceive as more premium, they keep adding top trim levels to the vehicle. So what so- is that? What, is it just what does mean, that mean they're just trying to get some more money for the vehicle that they have so they'll put uh. nicer interior in it more chrome i'm driving the sx prestige x pro that's just a lot of name <laughs> but it's the new top trim level
0: that's gonna take 15 minutes to say what kind of car you're driving what
1: i can't wow. type it straight every time i try to type it i mess it up is
0: it but... is it written on the car anywhere does it take up the entire bumper what uh Uh,
1: sx prestige (laughs) i don't think shows up anywhere thank god but x pro does x pro's on the rear hatch yeah all
0: right uh and it's a kia now you're kia's when i think kia because i think hamsters i think small car and as we've discussed before you're a very you're a big dude and you always you always uh, talk about comfort and 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 can a kia be comfortable for for a big guy
1: this big truck can, yeah. This is yeah. this is the largest mid-sized crossover. Easy to get into, lots of room behind the steering wheel, and plenty of headroom, too.
0: Yeah. It's a weird name, though, because, you know, t- it's is it, is it named after the Pretentious Film Festival of the same name? Because <laughs> that's the first thing that popped into my head was the Telluride Film Festival. That's the first thing that popped into. I'm not name. aware of a
1: direct association, but I'm <laughs> sure they're... I'm sure they're trying to play off some of that goodwill, go. some let's of that blue sky.
0: I'll tell you what, man. It's probably, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get some sponsorship. Let's name a car. Let's get a car after it. You know, if if I worked for the Telluride Film Festival, I'd be like, let's get Kia on the phone right now. We got our sponsor for the next event. So yeah. there you go. All right. All right. That's a nice drive, and the other car is a lawnmower. All yeah. right. Cool. <laughs> So, uh, we have a couple of, and we always encourage people to email us or give us a call with yeah. your questions on For the People. Uh, we just talked with uh, the Herb Weissbaum, who is our consumer guy, and, uh, and now we're talking with uh, Tom. And again, if you have car questions or consumer questions, car questions, uh, 773-417-6948, or email us at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we got uh, just that from uh, from a, a couple of subscribers here. Uh, Tom, you ready? I am. Jesse. Uh, Jesse Gonzalez says, I have a question that's definitely for Tom Appel uh, and perhaps Herb. Um, oh. But I'll give it to you, Tom. When it comes to finding a reputable auto repair shop, including car dealers, are there websites that show uh, the fact that they are reputable? I know that the Better Business Bureau and Customer Ratings are are curious about other sources. Do any, any repair shops themselves secretly get tested for honest work? That's from Waukegan J.
1: I'm not aware of any sort of site or organization that specifically reviews repair shops. However, I have found Yelp, which we usually think about as a review site for restaurants, super useful in this regard. Is that right? Um, Yeah. Yelp. And then, and then any message boards too. Um, but, I, but I've been looking around, and people who find dealerships expensive should look around for a brand-specific independent repair shop. Often they charge as much as half the price. Um, and, I, and, and I've had really good luck with Yelp reviews, actually.
0: Okay. All right. Now, now you know, you come from a car repair background. You worked on yeah. you worked at gas stations. You worked garages. You've done the whole thing. You've worked on cars. You've rebuilt them all and all that stuff. Uh, do you have this? I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. Do you have a mechanic? Do you have a guy or a woman that you rely on?
1: I, I do now, yeah. I, I've been drifting around, but I found a place that my wife and I and my daughter have been using for the last couple of years. And it's, uh, it's Casey Muffler in Palatine, Illinois. Uh, just They have an impeccable record. Their prices are fair. They get things done on time. Uh, I'm pretty impressed. It's not a bargain, uh, but I'm really happy with the work they do.
0: You know, it's interesting when I because, as you know, Tom, I haven't driven in a very long time. But when I did, yeah. I had the kind of cars that were in the shop all the time. <laughs> Uh, As I've mentioned before, I can't even tell you how many times that my my 77 Firebird was in the shop more than it was at my house. Um, But when you find that one, you know, reliable mechanic, when you find that one that you got to stick with it, that's, you know what I mean? Like uh, the one I used to go to regularly uh, was uh, an an auto repair shop when I drove. The last place that I went to on a regular basis was at Lawrence and Ashland. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and that was like one of the most reputable, one of the, you know, highest, you know, you walk in and like the entire wall is filled, is filled with framed recommendations and awards and stuff. You know what I mean? When you walk into one of those places, this place at Lawrence and Ashland, that was the place that I went to for many years when I drove. And when you find that one mechanic, man, you stick with that person.
1: Yeah. And support them, tell people because you want to encourage that.
0: Yeah. 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 So I don't know if, I don't know. I haven't driven in a very, 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 very long time. But uh, I still think that they're around. I still think that the uh, mechanic, the La- the Lawrence Ashland auto mechanic, uh, right there on Lawrence and Ashland in the city. Uh, I still think that that's still around, and uh, uh, one of those places that's reputation, you know, preceded itself. It was a great place.
1: Yeah, and you're always happy to see an independent business like that thrive.
0: Yeah, and they did, and they and they they earned their reputation. They were good, guys, and they were honest too. Like if like as I had cars that were just like beaten to shit, and I would bring them in, he'd go, <laughs> "Listen, man." You need to get rid of this car. You know, it would be whatever. <laughs> like, and, you know, a lot of – and when mechanics say that to you, because mechanics, most – you know, a lot of mechanics will be like, oh, yeah, we can fix that. And then – because they know you'll be in in three months for another problem. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. mechanic, I would bring it in. He'd go, just please, do yourself a favor, man. You know, <laughs> to save me the the extra few grand that I, would, that I would spend within the next six months trying to get stuff fixed. He would just go, just please. Please, for all of us, get rid of the car, you know.
1: <laughs> Even if it means less business for them.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's what that's one of the yeah. reasons why this guy was so honest. It was like, look, trust me. I would, you know what, you're going to be in here for, this is going to be a problem, that's going to be a problem. You're going to be in here in five months to get this fixed. So just, why don't you just, just get rid of it or get a new car or something, please. So I admired his honesty.
1: My wife and I had a 1991 Saab 9000 CD, which was probably the nicest vehicle we ever owned in terms of interior and drive. It was awesome on the highway. Yeah. And we brought that in for a problem. And we got a list from the dealer of things that were wrong with this vehicle that we were going to have to deal with soon. And it was it – was, Truly, we were young. We were newly yeah. married. We bought this car for a song because no one knew what that car was. It was just a cheap car, but it was well, beautiful. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. What, again, what, what kind of car was it again?
1: It was a Saab nine thousand CD. Okay. And CD meant it had a, a, a traditional trunk, which was kind of rare on Saabs in those oh, yeah. days. yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. But, but beautiful car that we could not afford to own, even if we could afford to buy it.
0: Wow. And so they gave you a list. I mean, it was
1: just like, here's what the problems are. I mean, I hang around cars, and there were things that this car needed that I had never heard of. And (laughs) that's what happens when you deal with weird brands like Saab.
0: That's got to be really discouraging. You've been in car business for your entire life. You know cars. You've rebuilt them. And you're like, what the hell is this?
1: It needed a a fuel damper. And to this day, I don't know what that is. (laughs) Wait, Wait. I should look that up at some point. I don't know what a fuel damper is. Oh, my
0: God. That's hilarious. Uh, you never found out what it was? I mean...
1: Thank you for getting the... to look, but it, <laughs> I'd never heard of another car that needed one.
0: Well, did you get a fuel damper? Did you get it repaired? Or
1: we, Here's what the story the... of that car. The timing chain eventually broke, oh. and because there must be a god, we had actually when we bought the car used we extended the extended warranty and it covered this insane oh. thing and the minute we got it fixed, we got rid of the car we're like this is oh. Oh. this is a that's, this is a money trap
0: that's hilarious that's so funny that I didn't even heard of that reminds me again like many things do of Seinfeld when um he's uh he and putty have a problem and putty was his mechanic uh-huh and he had to find a new mechanic and uh and and Jerry was like I think he's trying to rip me off and uh and George, of course, they're trying to rip you off. Uh, they, you know, that's what they do. <laughs> and he says, uh, you bring a car in, they'll just say something like, yeah, you need a new Johnson rod. I don't know what the hell a Johnson rod is. So that's made me think of your, your fuel. What was it called? A fuel what? A, a fuel
1: damper? Yeah, fuel
0: damper. That's a Johnson rod. That's the George Costanza. <laughs> just, you need a new Johnson rod or whatever. <laughs> wow. I do not miss going to get cars repaired. I, I will tell you that, man. That's. Just not fun, man. It's just not fun. And especially like, uh, you know, now the winter is coming. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's and by the way, when you drive cars, you know, in the upcoming, right now, we're, we're getting close to winter, beginning of December here. Um, how do your test drives differ? And what do you concentrate on? And do you get cars specifically to test at this time of year?
1: We do. Like, obviously, we wouldn't get a convertible this time of year. And one no, of the no. things. Is... <laughs> No. And one of the things that manufacturers do, and they don't tell us this, so we need to look, is they often replace or swap out the tires with winter tires, really often expensive and good winter tires. Yeah. So we, we need to be aware of that and qualify that in the review that we're writing, mm. um, because that can affect things. Additionally, I don't know if there's too much else that happens in the winter. What's going to be interesting now is that we're going to be test driving more and more electric vehicles, is that electric vehicle range is severely uh hampered by the cold and in yeah. chicago it gets quite cold so we can report on that which is useful to us because right. it's good to know because and this is getting better but it used to be that your range would drop by as much as a third uh when temperatures dropped in the winter wow
0: wow okay all right just you know i was just curious uh, how that yeah. alter uh, that how that alters your car reviews uh and what you're driving uh that time of year okay pete Sends in an email, says, thank you, and I loved attending your live podcast at Zany's. Look at that, another uh, person who was there. I have a question for Tom. Our family is in the market for a new midsize SUV. We're looking at hybrid uh, options like the Highlander or the Sorento. In your opinion, is the extra cost for the hybrid model worthwhile long-term, and are there any pitfalls to owning a hybrid that we should consider?
1: Wow. Great question. Um, and, and I'll answer the last question first. There are no serious pitfalls. You're going to pay more for a hybrid, but you're going to get more in resale value. So don't worry too much about that. And you are going to get much better fuel economy. The thing that has changed over the last few years is, is that the hybrid powertrain is now the premium powertrain in most vehicles. Mm. It's quicker. Um, it, it, it's, it's not smoother generally, but it does provide more power. And the fuel economy boost is well worth it. Um, and, and you mentioned the Sorento and the Highlander. Those are both great vehicles. The Highlander is much larger, and it's going to be more expensive, but so really a spectacularly good vehicle. Uh, the Sorento, a little bit smaller. The third row is kind of useless, unless you're putting very small people back there. But your fuel economy is going to be good. I would drive both just to make sure the space works for you, um, but I like both vehicles a lot.
0: Okay. All right, Pete. Thank you for the question. We appreciate that. All right. Um, so... Is there is there uh, anything uh, that you want to plug that's uh, that's a- happening at Consumer Guide here? Uh,
1: uh. I have a bit of news, and it's a bit of bad news. We had to push back the relaunch of our podcast. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, we were going to do that this month, but it turns out that Talk Zone, which is going to be the new home of our podcast, they don't have enough engineers to go around over the holidays, so we weren't going to be live ever, and our recording days were going to keep changing. So we pushed it back to January. I believe it's 16th will be the relaunch.
0: Oh wow! Okay, all right. Well, so we look for we, we got that uh, that we can uh, look forward to. Well, we got yeah. some, a couple of uh, uh, topics here that you wanted that that are fun to jump into. Uh, well, first of all, the twenty twenty two LA Auto Show. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. What what, what, what uh, what's what's what happened there and when was that?
1: That always happens right around Thanksgiving. That's done now, and and yeah. two years, three years in a row, this has really been a place for EVs and EV startups to show up. So if you're into electric vehicles, green technology, that's a good show for that. And I think it was probably the show this year that had the most news. One of the things that that the producers of auto shows have been sort of decrying and, and bemoaning is the fact that manufacturers are no longer launching products at auto shows. Um, they've just been doing it in different venues over different periods of time. And they don't want to share the stage with a bunch of other brands and a bunch of other news. So, oh, okay. But LA got a lot of stuff this year. LA did good.
0: Well, what, what 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 were some of the highlights? What were some of the, the the newsworthy things? I mean, if they if they were talked about so much,
1: yeah. One of the interesting ones is a company that no one saw coming out of nowhere, and that's Vinfast. Vinfast is a Vietnamese automaker. They're brand new. They've been around since 2017. They're well funded by a large multi-industrial conglomerate of some sort, but they have a lot of money. and And Vinfast best known until very recently for selling Chinese built Chevys in Vietnam. Uh, <sighs> That's
0: very specific. Jeez. It's very specific. Man. <laughs> but I, I,
1: I guess I guess that's your toe in the door, uh, your foot in the door.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh,
1: VinFast was at the LA Auto Show in force, and they showed two vehicles, the VF8 and VF9. Those are midsize crossovers that they intend to begin selling in the U.S. early next year. I mean, this is going at the speed of light. This is insane. And they have a very small dealer network in California that they're going to start from but out of nowhere Vietnamese uh, company that's talking about building cars in the US by 2025
0: what w- w- so what where did i mean i mean you give us the background but i mean like these guys just came out and does, did anybody know who these guys were i mean they did literally anybody-
1: they literally came out of nowhere. And and wow. last year, mid-year, they started inviting journalists to Vietnam to check out their company and to check out their cars. And I wanted badly to go, but I couldn't take 10 days off. It's a long flight and yeah. they had a pretty rich program. But I, I've heard good things about these vehicles. Not great things, but good things. Yeah. And, and, yeah, it might be a brand we have to deal with very soon.
0: So the VinFast VF8 and VF9 um, uh-huh. uh, debuted at uh... – the uh, Los Angeles Auto Show just this last month. Um, they look cool. I'm looking at the picture that is is yeah. attached to the article. They're pretty badass-looking cars, would you, wouldn't you say?
1: I would, and there's something very interesting about them that's just a little bit weird, because it seems to be a 10-year-old solution to a problem that may not exist. But one of the things that they're going to do is sell you the car, and if you want, you would pay a reduced price for the car if you chose to lease the battery. Wait, and, wait. Uh, yeah.
0: To, to, what to lease the battery?
1: Yes. Yes, and and this was an idea that was tossed around at the early during the early days of the EV revolution because people were afraid the batteries wouldn't last and then and still now batteries are very expensive. So VinFast wants you to lease the battery what? and you would pay a monthly fee to lease the battery and if the battery ever fell below 70% of capacity, you just get a new one. At no what? cost to you, yeah.
0: What? Do you know any, I mean, has anyone done this? Is this a...
1: No, it was talked about for a long time, back when the batteries were just a little bit more expensive than they are now. Yeah. And it was, also, it was also designed, the whole idea of leasing a battery was designed to sort of assuage people's fear that the battery would go bad on them. They wouldn't have a warranty, and they'd have to come up with 10 or 20 grand to replace the battery. But it's turning out that that's not happening. Right, there's millions of Teslas on the road, and there's very, very, very few examples of battery failures. So this this may be a very weird thing to bring out now.
0: Yeah, that seems a little strange. So I mean, that that was one of the hurdles for for people who were apprehensive about getting uh, an EV was this whole battery gonna run out kind of thing. What do we do with it? because that, that's all new territory. Are people yeah. more are people more at ease about that now or?
1: I think they are. I think this was kind of a, a focus group-generated issue that may never have been that big of an issue. Um, but people are buying electric cars now just fine without yeah. worrying about the battery. And there is a good battery, too. There's a good warranty from the factory on your warranty. They all have eight-year, 100,000-mile warranties by law. So, yeah. not that much there to worry about. Okay.
0: All right. VinFast. Hey, you want to lease a battery? Talk to VinFest. <laughs> wow. I know a guy. They should get Vin Diesel to be the... Uh... They but should. Do you think they should get Vin Diesel to be the, <laughs> to be the spokesman?
1: Yes, I, that would should. be great.
0: I mean, Vin Fast. He's fast. He's in twenty seven Fast and Furious movies. That uh, maybe that's what. Do you think they got their name from? Them? I mean, they came out of nowhere. Did they go? Uh, I don't know. Vin Fast. That's a good name. Because they the parent- cause they, wa- they watch the movies. I don't know.
1: <laughs> the parent company is Vin Core or something like that. Okay. All right. So.
0: All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, anything else uh, of note from the, uh, uh, the L.A. Uh, auto show that, that should be mentioned here?
1: That was the big stuff. That was the big news.
0: Okay. All right. Vin, Vin Fast and the leasing of the batteries. There you go. <laughs> There's your top story. Uh, looking at some of the other stuff, the Daily Drive, blog, Daily Drive blog at Consumer Guide Automotive is so much fun, Tom. You, you, you always, we always have fun talking about it every month that you're on. How much fun is it to just kick around and, and, and do stuff on that blog?
1: It is fun, and I'm, I'm for the last 10 days or so, I've been working day and night to get the Best Buy list ready. But um, I'm going back to doing fun stuff right now. So I'm looking at old ads again, which is sort of where I go to yeah uh, go to relax, just yeah. flipping through old ads.
0: Right. Well, uh, let's get into some of that. The forgotten concept of the Mercury XM. Oh, which, man. Which uh, uh, I love this. Uh, it debuted in the 1979 Chicago Auto Show, and I was probably at that one. That's around prime time for me going every year to the auto show. So I probably saw this vehicle. And uh, in the uh, in the article, you have a picture of a lady in the trunk. There's a woman in the trunk of the car. Can yeah. we explain the forgotten concept of the Mercury XM?
1: Yeah, the, for- <laughs> the, the forgotten Mercury XM dredged up sort of a forgotten element of vehicles, which was the rumble seat. Yeah! So, yeah, this woman in the trunk is actually in a fold-up rumble seat in the back of what looks like Looks like a sharp edge Fiero. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: the Rumble Seat. Did did but, people in 1979? Was there a big demand for? Did they like we want the Rumble Seat back? Was that a? No, thing? and
1: uh, funny thing about that period of time too is that domestic makers completely stopped building convertibles. The laws had changed, and some of the safety rules made it almost impossible to affordably build a convertible. So there was no way in heck that this was going to ever, yeah, ever be ever get past any sort of government regulation and end up in a showroom. <laughs> the, the, also, that, they don't address one of the key problems here. If you look at the picture of the woman in the trunk, yeah, the the hatchback, which you can barely see in this picture, is up in front of her. Oh, it
0: is, isn't it?
1: <laughs> which is a huge, which is a huge safety issue.
0: I see. <laughs> Hey, in case you ever wanted, hey, you know You ever wanted to, to to experience decapitation? Get yourself a Mercury XM.
1: I can't even imagine how that would work. Uh, that would be a bad accident.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I don't even see how this could. Would uh, see to the uh, boy the Rumble Seat? Why? Why am I thinking that that's that's a fifties thing, right? The Rumble
1: Seat. Yeah, I have I have it here. The last Rumble Seat car was late forties. It did, yeah. Late forties. It, it, it quickly became a safety issue and Well, and, you yeah. think? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. All right. How about the Dodge Super Eight Hemi? Ooh. How about that?
1: That was a weird, <laughs> that was a weird vehicle because it's almost <laughs> it's almost inarguably ugly. Yeah, but, it certainly is. But it did foretell, strangely, the look that Chrysler was going to with rear-drive architecture. That was a very weird time for Chrysler because Chrysler had just merged in what was referred to as a merger of equals with Daimler, which was Mercedes-Benz uh, at the time. And, and they had decided that they were going to use Mercedes architecture for their midsize products. So what was the Mercedes-Benz E-Class That architecture was given to Chrysler to build a a line of full-size cars. And you got some pretty successful stuff out of that. The Dodge Maglin, the Chrysler 300, uh, the Dodge Charger, and the Dodge Challenger came out of that. But it's weird that this particular uh, concept car sort of looks like they tried every single styling element whatsoever on one car.
0: It's a strange-looking car. But also, I mean, just the whole, you know, the name of it is just insane. Like, it's a Hemi? What? A, a Dodge Super 8 Emmy? I mean, that just seems weird to me.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's very strange. It's got the crosshair grille from a Dodge. It's got the side striking from a Chrysler. It's got enormous wheels that would never work on the road. Uh, and a very, very low roofline, which means it was difficult to see out of. Yeah. And it's funny because it actually kind of looks like the vehicles that followed it. But the vehicles that followed it, the production vehicles, much better looking than this.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, there's a forgotten concept. How about the Plymouth Pronto? Um, I kind of like this car. I, 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 this car looks pretty pretty interesting and kind of cool, actually.
1: Yeah, I like the Pronto, and it, it pretty much foretold two things, the death of Plymouth and, and the Chrysler PT Cruiser. Um, because when this vehicle saw production or a vehicle like it, it was the PT Cruiser, but it had moved to Chrysler which was suspicious because you think that an affordable small hatchback like this might be a Plymouth. But I think it was an early sign that the Plymouth brand wasn't long for the world.
0: Plymouth had a, a lot of cool-looking cars. I mean, uh, Christine is a Plymouth.
1: Yeah, mm. Plymouth, especially like Christine from the forward look era at the yeah. Chrysler brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Plymouth did a lot of stuff. For, for being a bargain brand, and people might remember when we referred to Ford and Chrysler and Plymouth as the low-cost three Um, but Plymouth might have been the low-cost three-member that did the best with styling. Like, it didn't feel like you were doing something cheap.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, Okay, so uh, also on the Daily Drive, some of your favorite car ads, the 1975 Triumph TR7. I got to tell you, I loved this car. I remember this car. I thought it was, like, the coolest car ever when I was young. Uh, Explain, well, first of all, the ads are fantastic. The TR7, the shape of things to come.
1: The shape of things to come. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely awesome. And this is back when ads really caught your attention. And, you know, I was already a car guy, but but I didn't even know much about British cars. And then all of a sudden, this British car is being advertised on TV. I think you didn't really see much then. Yeah, yeah. And it just this fantastic car. And the car that preceded it, the TR6, just looked like an old British sports car. It looked like an MG or something like that. Yeah. And in, it, it, in its own way, it was beautiful. But the TR7 was just groundbreaking and it's this wonderful triangular shape uh it it, there's a lot here to like and one of the funny things about it is it's probably not actually that aerodynamic because that notch back if you look at the ad is terrible for aerodynamics but the ads were spectacular yeah and and they included this car driving into a triangular trailer of a truck right it was was so good
0: i remember those i i'm not kidding uh tom i remember loving the t i thought the tr7 i thought the commercials were badass I mean, it was in 1975, so I was 10. So I thought this guy was like the coolest car ever when I saw these ads. I mean, I thought it was the coolest car of all time.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I did too. And I had a buddy, Chris Ward, who would point to these cars when he saw them and just yell, the shape of things to come.
0: <laughs> uh, there you go, an ad campaign that definitely worked right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, and by the way, if you want to see, you got video on there of the commercial. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. If people want to see the uh, at the Daily Drive, go to the blog. Uh, check out uh, Favorite Car Ads 1975 Triumph TR7, The Shape of Things to Come, and make sure you watch the video that's attached to it because it's pretty spectacular. Man, oh, man. Yeah, and I wonder whatever happened to the person who came up with that idea, what ad agency came up with that because that's pretty, that's pretty good.
1: I don't know because it was an effective campaign. I mean, people saw this campaign and remembered it.
0: So what, what happened to the car? What happened to the TR7? Was there a TR8?
1: There was a TR8, and the TR8, interestingly, wasn't a different car. It was a TR7 with a V8 stuffed under the hood. Oh, awesome? And yeah, and, and at the time, I don't even know how they managed <laughs> to fit it there. I was this is a say, small I, car.
0: I'm looking at this car. There's no way a V8 was going to fit into that. How did they do that?
1: Man. But they did, and that car was, was really fast for the era. Yeah. Um, but these cars were painfully un, 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 uh, unreliable, unfortunately. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and good. there's not a lot of them left.
0: Very cool looking, crazy design, great commercial, uh, and with that V8, very, very front heavy. Jesus. Yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs> it was.
0: Oh, my God. All right, well, the TR-7, that brought back a ton of memories, Tom. As soon as I looked at that, I immediately went back to my childhood and was like, I remember how badass the TR-7 was, man.
1: I also, this helped, this, this I remember now, too, how good voiceovers on commercials used to be. Yeah. That's a good voiceover.
0: Yeah, they don't do that anymore, man. The lost no. art. It's a lost art. Now we got rats driving cars. We got the yes. We got the, <laughs> we, got, we got the car rats driving the cars. That's what we got. All right. Anyway, you should check it out at the um, <clears throat> at the Daily Drive uh, blog. The TR7, the shape of things to come. now Are there any are there any TR8s left in the world? Do you think?
1: I know someone who owns a TR7, and there really? must be T- yeah. There must be TR8s simply because they're worth driving. These actually handled really well. I've never driven one. Um, but by by all accounts and by all buff book reviews of the period, they were good handling cars. Yeah. The TR7s weren't quick, but the TR8s were. Yeah. And I think the TR8s, one that's actually running in good order, is probably valuable.
0: Wow. All right. You got your TR7. Hang on to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Uh, I love some of the stuff that you post on your, on your social medias and on your Facebook and stuff. We'll get into the Star Spotter and some of the other things, too. But I love that on your Car Spotter, you found a Dodge Dodge. What was the... Explain... <laughs> Explain what's, what's going on there. A Dodge Dodge? What do we? It was a green? Not a, particularly, I, not a particularly beautiful looking vehicle, but where did you find it? And what the hell is a Dodge Dodge?
1: Uh, I found that in a parking lot here in Morton Grove, Illinois. Exciting, Morton Grove, Illinois. Yes, and, absolutely. And that's a Dodge Monaco uh, made to look like a cop car. And that would be the, basically the same vehicle that became the Bluesmobile. Right. Um, I think because this it's one's got, a later. It's got,
0: it's got cap shocks. It's, it's got, got cap, cap shocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so wh- whose car was this? Did you find out whose it was, or was
1: I don't know, it... and I've, I've totally violated their uh, their privacy by taking <laughs> pictures of it. But it was at a public parking lot, so Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what the Dodge Dodge deal was because the car's pretty authentic except the guy's got two Dodge badges on the deck lid that are identical. That's I have hilarious. no idea what that's about.
0: That's hilarious. I've never seen a Dodge Dodge until I saw it on your Facebook page. I'm like, first oh, one look. I saw. First it's one the new I Dodge. Saw. What's the new Dodge called? Dodge? dodge. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> now what about the asymmetrical dodge in Plymouth models of nineteen sixty two? That's another thing that you uh, that you posted up uh, on your uh on your Facebook page. The nineteen. 1962- well that that I
1: shared that's from our sister publication Collectible Automobile Magazine yeah. and that yeah, and yeah, that yeah. is a styling exercise uh, and and it's a thing you never really saw in the US was an asymmetrical grill. So what would be like the center element of the grill is pushed all the way to one side. It's a really cool drawing. I like it a lot. Yeah, And yeah, you, yeah. you never saw that in the US. They did that in Europe a lot. Mm. Um uh, it, but Later than that, so that would have been a crazy thing, and probably just a little bit too much for the American public. A little too much. What about the
0: Tucker? Did you? I don't know why I am bringing this up because you said weird designs. Yeah. And the, and the Tucker was a very strangely designed, which is a movie that, by the way, I love. And uh, uh, Jeff Bridges' birthday was yesterday, so uh, that's right. Happy birthday! Happy birthday to the great Jeff Bridges. What did you think of uh, of Tucker the movie? And what do you think of Tucker the car? Is it stylistically ha- at least? I have to
1: confess, I've never seen Tucker the movie, and only only because the story. Of Tucker is so convoluted; it sometimes makes me it makes it hard for me to read about it anymore. Yeah, but I need to watch that movie. Well, I they suppose. made a movie.
0: They made a good movie out of it. I mean, yeah, I mean obviously that's good. You, if you got Jeff Bridges in the movie, you, at least you're going to have one great performance. So that's that's true. But no, it's cool. You should check it out. It's it's definitely worth a look. Um,
1: yeah, so. but I love the I love the Tucker the car. I think that's a great looking thing. And part of the thing was that the Tucker was originally designed. Uh, and I completely believe that this car was designed to be sold, by the way, uh, was designed to be very safe. And there were all sorts of different safety elements. But one of them was the third headlight, right? Uh, which, which turned with the car. It was yeah. steering wheel linked. And that, yeah. that was way ahead of its time because cars do that now.
0: That, that's covered extensively in the movie, Tom.
1: Yeah, big deal. It is.
0: It is covered extensively in the movie. Yeah, you should and check a out the movie.
1: Great look. I movie. will.
0: And by the way, uh, you and the family decided you were going to make a list of the best TV shows of all time. Um, Yes. And and I was shocked and appalled.
1: (laughs) I know, Uh, uh, because you've
0: because I just immediately, of course, any any time anybody does a list or talks about the best TV shows of all time, I just immediately go. The conversation is done because I just go the wire, period, end of story, because it's the greatest TV show in the history of the medium. And I was shocked that you have never seen The Wire.
1: I, I've not, and I've been talking to people here at work and at the health club. And like, did you ever watch The Wire? And everyone challenges me and goes, "It's like the best TV show ever, dude." Ever,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like quite literally, dumb. It's the best yeah. TV show in the. I am prone to hyperbole, as you know, my friend. But <laughs> this is the truth. It's the, the Wire is the best television show in the history of the medium. And you really, it's five seasons. You really need to 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 to. To get back at that, I'm telling
1: well, you. Well, my wife and I have committed to watching it. And, and up until now, I would have said it was Deadwood was the best TV well, show ever. Well,
0: that's right up there, too. And that's, you know what I mean? Like that, that you know, yeah. like a lot of the stuff that came out of HBO and still comes out of HBO. I mean, for me right now, The White Lotus is just like one of the greatest things ever. And that's on HBO.
1: I saw um, that you like that. Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. I can't tell you how much I love it. Uh, but anyway, you got to watch The Wire. And, I, and, and especially, I'm really uh, kind of shocked that your daughter hasn't watched it. Because I have a feeling that your daughter would love the
1: wire. Um, I suspect she will, and we maybe we could start when she gets home for Christmas. That might there be a go. great idea. That might uh, be a no great seriously. Idea.
0: Well, it's not like the f- most family happy. <laughs> I mean, it's not, not like going to be like yay Christmas time. Let's watch about let's watch the Baltimore police situation in Baltimore and the drug dealing. Uh, let's watch that. Uh, but anyway, all right. Well, star spotter, you do that. That's something you do all the time. But I love that you posted that William Conrad is more than just an actor. Tell me about that discovery.
1: This is completely news to me, and 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 my history of, my, my knowledge of TV when things get black and white is a little bit shady. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and I get pun, it, right. Pun sort of intended. <laughs> but William Conrad, uh, it turns out he directed episodes of Gunsmoke, and, and people may know that I absolutely love Gunsmoke. What a great yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, this is what I didn't know about William Conrad. He also played... Marshall Dillon in the radio show Gunsmoke.
0: See, I did not know that, and that's something that my old buddy Carl Amare would know. Carl Amare yeah. used, to, used to be on the car wash uh, doing his old-time radio show. Um, I'm sure that he knows that, and I'm sure that he has tapes of that. I can probably hook you up with, uh, with Carl, and he can get you a whole bunch of William Conrad uh, uh, Dillon tapes.
1: Yeah, I wonder if any of the, the, the writers carried over, because the earliest episodes of Gunsmoke are really well-written just some yeah. great dialogue cool. and i bet you i bet you that carried over from the radio
0: yeah but he's a director william conrad so you had to as soon as you saw that credit you were like oh my god got the phone out immediately
1: yes <laughs> yeah i hit pause got the phone out yeah. that is that is exactly what happened
0: <laughs> i don't blame you man some things are very important <laughs> All right, once again, remind everybody, uh, today is the day of the unveiling. Tell everybody about it real quick again. Yeah,
1: the 2023 Consumer Guide uh, Best Buy Picks. This is one year in the making. I'm already working on the 2024s. Uh, but this is a list of vehicles you should look at first if you are shopping for a new car or truck. Fantastic.
0: Listen, have a fantastic uh, Christmas. and uh, we'll You talk too. To you. We'll talk to you in the new year, uh, Tom. Uh, and I appreciate it. It's always a blast talking to you, man. And everybody check out Consumer Guide Automotive, okay?
1: The pleasure was mine. Thanks, Nick. All right,
0: Tom. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. There you go. Tom Appel, everybody. All right. Uh, and, uh, hey, listen, uh, Tom Appel is awesome. And you know what else is awesome? My dad. Uh-oh, I think it's time for him to tell his joke. Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go. With your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Hey, what I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! Yeah. That's right, my dad tells a joke every Tuesday, even when Esmeralda's not here. He likes to come by and uh, tell a joke. Oh, oh, wait a minute
1: now. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. No, I love you, Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's
0: show. I know. Listen, my dad, dad, come on in. Go ahead. There we go. All right. My dad's going to tell a joke. Go ahead, dad. My doctor told me I suffer from amnesia. I laid awake worrying about it all night. It was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. I don't I don't know if I uh I don't know if I get that one, Dad. I think I may have to call my dad up and explain that one to me. That's a thinker. What do you think, Carrie?
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
0: Uh, I- all right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Hey, you've been listening to the Vic D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Subscribe to uh, all of our podcasts here, radiomisfits.com. If you want to be a sponsor on this podcast, you can reach a lot of people by doing it. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Leave your comments. Leave your questions. Leave your contributions. Leave your megaphone message requests. Our voicemail system is up 24-7. We want to hear from you any time of day. You can drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to Herb and Tom for another great uh, For uh, the People visit. And uh, Eric Childress, Steve Procopi are going to join me on the next episode on Friday for uh, another round of great movie reviews. So that's all coming up right here on the Nick D Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. The wind is right on me.